0: Business of Property Podcast. I'm Stuart.
1: And I'm Simon.
0: We're both property people running our own businesses. And this podcast is just us chatting as we do every week about anything and everything property. And this week, it's it's been a while since we've talked about what's going on, Simon. So thought we'd just have a catch up on on what's happening with regards to our updates and where you are in your property cycle with your mountains of cash that you've got to invest and with your existing properties so
1: <laughs> i i wish i wish it was mountains <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's
1: been dominating my property life the last few weeks actually is nothing to do with purchasing nothing to do with mountains of cash that's for sure and all to do with mundane boring maintenance hassle <laughs>
0: The realities of property investing is, is what it is.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, especially, well, I was going to say, especially if you self-manage. But in actual fact, I think even if you have an agent manage things for you, generally speaking, the, the maintenance, they just pass on. <laughs> so they, they'll uh, still make you do the decisions. Mm. So the, the property that I have that's most local to me that I self-manage has recently, or is it undergoing a change of tenants. So the previous tenants have now moved out and I have new tenants all booked in ready to, to move in in a, a couple of weeks' time. And I'm going through the process of getting the property ready for the new tenants from the, the old tenants. Now the old tenants have been there two, two and a half years, something like that. So a fairly long time and of course during that time a property sees a, a reasonable amount of wear and tear and I did also give them permission to, to put up a shelf or two which they've taken to largely mean a shelf or two per room <laughs> which was a, a little more than I was expecting but hey <laughs> uh, I knew that was the case and I also as in they, they told me that they'd put up quite a few shelves as part of the sort of preparing for them to leave so I knew that that needed some redecoration and repainting
0: am i am i allowed to say that that all sounds rather shellfish
1: <laughs> you are but um but you probably shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> however it's too late now <laughs> so moving on <laughs> i knew the property needed some redecoration and i also knew again this is something that has clearly been an issue for a while but the the existing or the, the leaving tenants chose not to tell me until I specifically said once you leave is there anything that I need to give some attention to they said oh uh, yeah there, there seems to be a damp problem in, in a couple of rooms Um we think it's probably sort of coming from above because there's, there's lots of mould and, and we've been trying to sort of clean it off and, and use uh, anti-mould sprays and it just keeps coming back and yeah you probably want to have a look at that and they, I got them to send me some photos and yes yes it's it definitely needed some attention. Uh, and I think, in fact, I'm 99% sure it was from a leak in the roof. I'd, I'd previously had a, an issue with that roof, which had had a, a sort of temporary fix applied to that issue. And yeah, it clearly hadn't lasted or, or wasn't working anymore. So my, my house maintenance in the last few weeks has included getting a roofer in to repair the the, the roof properly and decorator is is working there now to patch up walls, do bits of repainting, and of course clean away all the mould properly and repaint those bits. And during the checkout with the, the old tenants, a burn mark to one of the carpets came to light, and also some other uncertain marks. So they had Hoovered and everything, so they they they'd sort of done the, the standard clean. But yeah, they, they clearly hadn't done a, a thorough carpet clean and there were, there were some bits that showed on that. So I've been talking to a, a carpet cleaning company which think they can get out all the marks probably but, but obviously can't do anything about the burn so I now need to see if I can find a, a carpet fitter who, who's available at short notice, which is difficult. Uh, what else is on my list? Oh yes, I've the, the tenants also mentioned in the checkout that the extractor fans in the bathrooms don't seem to really be doing much anymore. So I've been in touch with an electrician to to try and get them to come and look at that. And of course, finding an electrician at the moment is a nightmare because they're all really booked up doing uh, electrical safety checks, the the EICR certificates, which supposedly every rental property was supposed to have from the 1st of April. And, And given that they are still really booked up doing these things, Quite a few people are obviously running a little late on that.
0: Yeah, no, no comment.
1: <laughs> okay, I won't ask there then. <laughs> Thankfully, your your properties are in a different area from mine, so I can't blame you for, for making no electricians available to me. Yeah, <laughs> so, not my fault. That's all right. Not my fault. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm, I'm trying to track down that electrician. The, the electrician I normally use has very kindly said that they'll come out in an evening to, to quote but yeah, then, then, of course, when they'd actually be able to do the work, it might, might be a different thing. There, there's a couple of issues with windows that the hinges just need realigning and, and sort of sorting out. So they open and close properly and there's a window lock that's broken as well. So I've been in, trying to find a, a window company. And again, you, you phone up, I phoned up a couple of them. And they, the first one said, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, it's great, great, yeah, to, take away details. Um, yeah, we can, we can fix those things, no problem at all. Let, let me just pass you to the, the person who, who would book in the, the, the visit to, to measure up and quote things. They go through, talk to them, and they say, oh yeah, let me just look at the diary. Um, yeah, okay, uh, we can come out and quote for you in three weeks' time. Um, I need it fixed in two weeks' time, <laughs> not, not quoted in three weeks. <laughs> oh you couldn't have started with this and and told me that you're really busy and you can't do anything for three weeks. So, uh, so, yeah. And then the next next one I I phoned up, who's actually a company, a bit further away, not quite as local, but one I've used before for for doing some more, some slightly more major glazing works. And they, at least, I told them the the rough things that I needed doing. And they actually just said up front, we're too busy. We're we're not doing maintenance work at the moment. We're, We're only doing new fits and and we're absolutely chocker with those so we're really sorry but can't help you this time so at at least that conversation was faster (laughs) even though not as even though just as unfruitful
0: (laughs) yeah that's what you want isn't it that should be the opening conversation just just before you get to the conversation just you know we can't look at anything for three weeks and then that's a quick decision isn't it but i had the same thing recently just with blinds on the property we were almost finishing and, and it was my my fault to be honest because I hadn't thought about it enough but uh yeah it took us two weeks to get someone to come and quote the blinds and then they said oh once they'd um done the measurements it's going to take four to six weeks to order them and that meant that a couple of tenants had to uh had to move in without without blinds and we had to put them in another room because one of the rooms the window where you sit uh, on the toilet looks straight out onto the street so so we didn't think it would Probably be appropriate. Probably not ideal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that is an issue. We don't want to talk about COVID again because we did on the last episode, but that, you know, it's another, obviously there's lots of issues happening, but uh, materials, booking people, just all a bit more difficult, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I understand why there's a, a shortage of electrician time available at the moment because there's a, a sort of artificial demand mm. created from, from Deadline. But I'm not quite sure why everybody else seems to be so busy. I mean, all of the tradespeople I've, I've talked to are, are are busy. The the decorator that I'm using is someone I've used before. And I was able to, because the tenants gave me a bit of warning on that, I was able to contact them, well, nearly a couple of months ago now, and say, I've got this need coming up. Can you please put a few days in, in your diary for me? And, and if I hadn't done that, he said that he chocker as well and he wouldn't have been uh, available for for some while and it's just i don't know is is it covid or is it that lots of people have suddenly decided they want to improve their homes because they're not going to move or because they're spending so much more time in them i don't know where are all the tradespeople?
0: we don't know we just don't know
1: maybe too many of them have left the country because of brexit or, or maybe left the country because of covid because they want to go back to family and things like that as well. So, I, I, I don't know. No. I don't know. Are you having any trouble finding tradespeople at the moment? You, you've just finished lots of renovation work, haven't you? So, you're probably past that, that tradespeople need for the time being.
0: Well, you, you say that, but we, we do have things going on all the time. So, we finish one project, and then we've got this the, the three-bed masonette, which is being worked on. For me, it's been more... I guess I'm fortunate in that I work with the same team of people so because we worked together for a few years they are quite good at um, prioritizing you know my work and and I'm always honest with them If if it's not a priority I say that's fine you know but so it's not for me it's been more about materials than people for like I said about the blinds was was a people issue just because I had no relationship there and it was just to get to the back of the queue and also the materials but particularly plaster, and actually an interesting one. So I was speaking with my builder very recently, and he said that uh, you know, it could just be him getting ready, but he was saying to me, because we, we will have some more projects coming up, he was saying, just so you know, it looks like things like, we've already had indications that the cost of plaster will be increasing by 20 to 25%. And immediately you might think, well, okay, 20% to 25%. But but on the projects we're doing, the, the amount of plaster we're using, we're talking a quote could theoretically rise by anywhere between seven and ten grand just because of the cost of plaster increasing. Blimey,
1: you're building yeah. an entire house out of plaster.
0: <laughs> but it's not just the cost of plaster. It's if if the cost of plaster is increasing by twenty five percent, there's going to be other materials within the. Uh, what they need that's going to increase so so that that 7 to 10k was based on actually a number of different potential materials i mean we obviously laughed about it and i said all right yeah so so what you're telling me is you're just going to put your prices up that's that's really what you're telling me but but you know he's he's very good and we've got a great relationship but and and it doesn't surprise me given what i've seen in the last sort of six months that, that 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 could and most likely will happen
1: so did they give any reasons why prices are going up
0: we didn't. We didn't talk about the the reason. I think it's just the the scarcity of it because I mean, we actually did have. I think I mentioned it on the podcast. We had a. We had a, one. One of my rooms was full of bags of plaster because we were so concerned about having enough plaster for the next two jobs. And we said, let's just get it all in while we can. And, and for whatever reasons, I don't know. Again, like I don't know if it's a combination of Brexit, COVID. Or just people that manufacture plaster want to make some more money. I don't know. It's, or or uh, perhaps
1: it's a bit like the toilet rolls, and and word has just spread amongst people that that there's a shortage of plaster, so everyone's doing what you did and buying it all up and storing it in the in the back room.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be it. So that's just uh, push push the prices up. And uh, yeah, if if they're commercially driven, now's the time, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. The, the roofer I used. I'm not entirely sure I trust everything this roofer says, (laughs) so perhaps take this with a pinch of salt. But he was saying that he was having difficulty finding roof tiles, and he was saying that he he might have to use ones that weren't weren't sort of an ideal colour and things for for my roof. And he was blaming COVID supply issues, so manufacturers having problems from people being able to work and and actually create the, the things in the first place. Yeah, as I say. Perhaps with a pinch of salt. But.
0: Yeah, or he just ran out of tiles and thought, I'm just going to give Simon whatever I've got left in my bag. So if you want to, if you want to see Simon's investment property, it's the one with the, the red, purple, and yellow tiles on the roof, just the ones that have been kicking around for the last 20 years.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it could almost be. I mean, in the end, the, the tiles he used are, are not too dissimilar in, in, in colour from the current ones on there, apart from, of course, the fact that they're, they're new. Compared to the, the the old ones that are, are covered in dirt and, and goodness knows what else, but he did he did end up reusing some of the existing tiles after after giving me a long lecture about how he couldn't possibly reuse existing tiles and he had to replace them all and, and hence why he had to buy lots of new tiles for he was replacing the ridge line on the top of the property and and of course the the, the ridge line itself, yeah fair enough, new tiles lots of them got damaged as they came off and things, but he said he had to replace the the, the layer of tiles below that as well. Uh, and yeah, after after giving me this this long lecture, I said, uh, okay, fine, fair enough. Uh, I went away and come back the next day uh, and find out that actually you've reused about half the, the existing tiles on that line and only replaced about half of them. Okay, so after that long lecture on how you had to replace all of them, you now haven't. So <laughs> what excuse are you going to come up with now? <laughs>
0: Well, I was just about to start siding with the roofer, but uh, he shot himself on the foot there, hasn't
1: he? <laughs> yes, definitely.
0: So in terms of my updates, actually, there's, there's, there's one thing. So I've got a couple of properties in the conveyancing process, so, so there's not much to talk about there. There's the Croydon flat, which we're still trying to get the external wall survey. EWS1 form from the managing agent.
1: Yeah, although on, on that Croydon one, I think you said work on the cladding remedies has as completed? Yeah. So I, I'm not sure it had last time we talked about it, but, but that's that's promising. So that's actually finished, and now it's really just a paperwork exercise remaining. Yes?
0: Yes, but no, because <laughs> there is no requirement on the managing agent to get the EWS one form. So, oh, while it feels like a, a logical conclusion, it's it's contingent on us really pushing the uh, the managing agent. Uh, and actually, the the update on that is what we have done is uh, my joint venture partner and I have. So, in this building, there are twenty flats. This commercial and residential building, there are twenty flats. We've researched it and found that the managing agent owns ten of them. And uh, you know, t- ten people like us own the others, which we thought was interesting. Firstly, because if there were fewer than or lower than fifty percent of the managing agent, we would have a a say in what happens. So you know, the, the, not the cynic, but I guess the, the the business side of me says, well, there's clearly a reason for that because we couldn't it start enforcing what happens. So there's, but anyway, so we, we've we've found out who the ten other people are via land registry and whatnot. And we've sent letters out to them because we we think there's going to be, hopefully, greater power in numbers just to really start forcing this through because it's taken so long.
1: Could you get a, a private EWS one? Does it have to be done by the managing agent? Could you do it independently?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, then I guess you'd be paying for it. You'd have to manage the collection of that, which is kind of what the managing agent should do. But the latest is that they've got three quotes for it. We don't know what they are, but they've got other works that they want to do. So there's, so there's a few hoops to clear. And the challenge for us all along is that for every email we send, it takes a lifetime to get back. You know, it could take weeks. I mean, there's some things which has just taken months, which should have actually been done six months ago. Uh, and that is the biggest learning I've got with the, the managing is understanding and if I were to go through this process again and I guess my and therefore my guidance to anyone else if you're going into a building with this is commercial resi so it might be slightly different but if you're going into any building with a managing agent connect with a few of the other owners just to find out what that agent is like or what their experiences are like because if, if like my example you're doing a flip and you're wanting that to be a quick process and everyone says, yeah, the managing agent, they're fine, but it just takes them forever to get back. Then then you know, oh, actually, and you, you can still make a decision. I mean, we're st- we've still got the property. We're still intending to do what we're going to do with it. And hopefully we'll make a little bit more money from from the property when it all comes out in the wash. But, you know, biggest learning is the managing agent. But what I was going to talk about was something else which has come up, which I've not experienced before, which was on the property you've just developed – and I mentioned on last week's episode that we got it revalued by the original by the incumbent bank, and they valued it ridiculously low. So we've gone with another bank, uh, Land Bay, who who valued it pretty much where we wanted it to be. Well, as part of the remortgage process, we're going through now. The first part was the local searches, and um, it came back from the from the local council that they couldn't do the first search, and this is this is last week of March, and they said we won't be able to do this particular search until the twenty fifth of May because they they batch all their searches together, which I don't think is a an unusual process and actually makes sense. However, you're usually covered on that by um, search indemnity insurance, so that's what will happen. You'll have search indemnity insurance, and you can still just go through with it, whatever. But basically, so so we started this process around the 24th of March. And the bank came back and said, we, we're no longer accepting search indemnity insurance. So either you complete on this remortgage by the 31st of March, which was, which was a week in calendar days, but as far as the solicitor was concerned, it was like, whatever, four working days, or we'll only be able to do it when you've got the search, 25th of May. So it was either either you do your paperwork complete in the next week, which, and we'd only just started the process, or you're going to have to wait two two months to get to get the remortgage. And uh, I, I shouldn't, I probably don't need to explain to anyone, but that wasn't that wasn't a viable option for us to wait two months. You know, having uh, done what we've done, because there's a significant significant amount of capital to come back out of the out of the work. But fortunately, I went back to the brokers and obviously said, "Look, can you speak with your." Your BDM, your uh, I think business development manager, uh, and just like, explain to them what what's happened, and 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 fortunately, Touchwood at this point in time, they said, okay, we'll on this occasion, we'll we'll let you just finish the paperwork and and get it in with the uh, the search indemnity insurance rather than wait another two months. Oh wow, they they
1: listened and and actually helped. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, at this stage, so. I won't get too effusive because I started getting effusive about uh, a bank previously. And then uh, <laughs> they let you down. Yes, I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God bless them. But yeah, yeah, they've been okay. So I think, uh, again, learning here is is you've just got to raise it. I mean, the, the bottom line is, what can you do? I mean, for me, it's, uh, I would never lay down and die, but equally there will come a point where if the bank says no and the, you know, if, Anyone knows that probably councils and banks are, are very similar in modus operandi. If the computer says no, you're not gonna you're not gonna get very far. But yeah, crying uh,
1: Changing to equally not as bright outlooks. Your other updates, so I think, are around uh, letting properties uh, or sorry, letting rooms and, and ongoing issues with that. We we talked about this a few weeks ago. In, in one of your properties where you've, you've actually had it finished for a while and the letting agent you've, you've been using there hadn't managed to, to fill the rooms and you've, you've made a change. So what's going on with, with that?
0: Yeah, so I should be really clear, and this is, this is not to be detrimental to the existing agent at all because personality-wise they've been great. I think they've been very engaged. Yeah, it's a, it's a new company clearly very good at what they do but my concern is that they're they're probably not serving the right market so I think they're more residential letting agents whereas the other agents I've worked with over the sort of past few years have been very specifically designed around the co-living multi-let market whether that's student or young professional but I I wanted to work with this new agent because I really like them the good news for them is they're still selling a property for me, so it's not like uh, they're not working with me. And they, you know, they filled two rooms, but uh, as we talked about before, they've you know we we finished a property in early March, and we've only got two rooms full, which is which is obviously an issue for me and a surprise because at the time of this release, we will have just about finished the three bed uh, masonette and we've already got two people booked in, signed forms, they're ready to go. But they're not they 'll be moving in a couple of days hence this this podcast they 'll be moving in at, you know and they they took that leap, so it showed me that there is a market there for paying premium prices for property if we've, if we've just got to get out to the right customer base and yeah i don't, I don't think the agent again i'm not that 's not negative for them I think I think they probably just need to focus on on what they're good at, which would be the residential, and the other thing is that the whole time that the, uh, this agent's been trying to fill my room. And, and it is a unique house. I think, um, you know, I should be honest about that. It's, you know, it's a very unique house. It's got lots of artwork in it. So it's not going to be to everyone's taste. But I think that's a it's a conversation you have when people have been to view it. Or if it's about price, it's when people have been to view it, they say, yeah, I like it, but it's just too too high. Because we do have a, a a cheaper room, which starts at £100 a week, versus the other rooms which are going for, you know, £135. So I think if people are coming through the door because they want the cheaper room, if it were about price, we'd we'd have those conversations. But we're not having any of those conversations. So it just shows me we're not getting the right people through the door. Whereas another agent I work with, we've we filled in that time around fourteen rooms. So in the, in that space of time, and as I've said, you know a couple of those rooms aren't even finished yet. So I so I know that there are people out there looking for rooms. So just just had to make that decision because we need the occupancy it's really good that
1: you've got the the other experience to to show that because otherwise you might be using the the one agency and as you say there just doesn't seem to be the, the response from the adverts the the footfall sort of coming through the door and you might just think well maybe there's just no demand maybe the market is, is flat or, or sort of fallen apart from all of the stuff that's going on at the moment which would be, be very possible so yeah, it's, it's really good that you've you've got the other experience with the the other agent and your other rooms mm. to to know that's not the problem, and it means you you can actually identify what you need to change and be able to change it rather than, well, yeah, just being blind to to what what action to take. Yeah,
0: I mean, we talk about it all the time, don't we? But this is for me, this is what it means in reality. We we talk about know your market, and it sounds really simple to say. But it's not; it's not so simple to do. You know, it's about understanding who who is the tenant profile, what is happening in the local market. Is your property the right property? So, so the thing for me, the one, the property that that hasn't got people in it, like I say, is unique. There isn't another property on the market like it, and I'm very confident of saying that because <laughs> I've had someone go in and do things to it which are haven't been done before. So, I always had that feeling in my head, which was. It's it's gonna be marmite. Yeah, if if I'm lucky it's Marmite, we'll have people that come in and just go no. And we'll have people that come in. But it's about getting people in. My benefit comes from in that road, in that street, I have I own or operate four houses. In total, in that street, I have twenty three rooms in that one street. So I know that street very, very well. And I know this part I know this part of the world very well. And I know it's a, it's a great location. And the fact that the two people in there, I've gone in and had long conversations with. And to be honest with you, the type of people that have gone in there, what surprised me was that they weren't that bothered about the artwork. It was kind of like, yeah, it's it's just nice, but I really liked the rooms. I liked the en suites, and and it's because what I know, it's like twenty paces from a main thoroughfare, where you're, you know, on a on a, on a main street, you know, and it's, and it's got good location. So it was like, yeah. It, they didn't even really talk about the artwork. It was just a case of, no, oh, it's just a really nice property, brand new. It's what I wanted. And I thought, okay, so that, that gives me some so insight. That, so the next
1: time you, you can save money on the artist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and the crap load of money that I've spent on brick panels may not be uh, as the, the,
1: required. The, new, the tenants turn around and say, brick, brick panels? What brick panels? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. So, but just having all of that information make me feel quite confident because you're right i think that's a really good point is if is if we are dependent on one agent one bit one agent one builder yeah one accountant you know and this is why i think for me it's it's taken time to build the right team around me to build that trust so we can have those conversations but even so you know i've got such a good relationship with my builder i now tell him when i'm cross-quoting because if it were up to him he would do everything and this is just coming back to knowing your market. I'm just trying to try to link what we're talking about. Is 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 understanding where you're at, and the reason I cross quoted him was because I just said, look, you've got so much on for me. I don't feel it's fair to keep to keep giving you this. So I'm just let you know I'm going to cross quote. Turns out that the cross quote was just way too high. I really didn't understand what we were going for. So I had to go back and say, look, would you would you mind quoting for this job? <laughs> but. It's um yeah, when you've got those relationships, I think it's it's so much more helpful because I've had that experience with accountants, letting agents, and so on, where they said we don't think this is possible, or we don't think it's going to be lettable. and and I think the final straw for me was just I'd given them a good chance they I think they'd had the property almost two months. You know their argument, a fair one, well, you only finished it at the start of March, which is true, but as we've just said i've I've still sixty six per cent occupied a property I still haven't finished, they said you know we we think it's about price and when and you know when you're starting to go on price you know it, it, it's either right or but i said yeah but we we have dropped the price so it's on the market for the lowest room rate so for me that if it were about price you'd tell me about the conversations you've had on price it wouldn't just be because cuz i've got other rooms which are nowhere near as good as the room i'm advertising here you know for 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 the same price so not not sure but uh, I think when we were talking about before, we, we talked about
1: where the, the marketing is taking place. Hmm. And yeah, perhaps, perhaps that's really the, the answer for, for finding the footfall. But uh, it'll be interesting to see in, in our next update in a few weeks' time, to see what results your change to a different agent actually achieves, and, and whether those results are, are fast or slow.
0: <laughs> I'll be very surprised if I'm not talking about being full or almost full the next time we speak. Well I hope that is the case. Yeah I'm willing to yeah I'm putting myself out there for that one but I, I was just gonna ask so so when you when you fill your properties you, you go for an agent just to you, you basically get a finding service don't you?
1: I have done in the past but the the current one or the the one I have recently let um I did all myself so it's it's very local to me I can get there there quickly and things if I need to uh so in the past I've I've done viewings myself, this time around the current tenants did the viewings largely due to, to COVID precautions, but, uh, but yeah, all, all myself on this one and if I manage to find a new investment property that's also local to me then, then I will, will carry on with that and use o- online tools to, to market it and then do the actual tenant processing myself and while while introduction agents are obviously an awful lot cheaper than, than managing agents, there's still quite a lot of money. Depending on, on which agent and where you are and things, you're looking at somewhere between two weeks' rent and a month's rent. And that's, that's a lot of money to, to potentially lose from, from your, your tenancy or from, from that process, especially if you're, you might be looking at doing that every year in if your returns aren't so long term. But even every couple of years, lo- losing up to a month's rent is, is quite significant.
0: It's very significant. And the truth is, if, if my properties were closer, I, w- I would be doing it not primarily for financial reasons, although that would definitely be a key reason, because you're right. I mean, the first two two rooms that go, I don't receive any any money for that first month. So then I'm only looking at 11 months revenue. And then I've got to take out all the maintenance costs. And then I've got to take out the cost of everything else. So actually, you might say, oh, it's only, let's say, 500 quid. But actually, that 500 quid might equate to something like 5%, 10% in profit, which is significant, which is really significant. So, But for me, it's I just thinking about knowing your market. I think the fact that you actually get out to meet people, not not physically anymore, I appreciate that. But you you have an understanding of who's coming in. You'll have exchanges with them. So you'll understand the the type of the profile, for want of a simpler phrase, of of the people that are coming to you for your properties. And I think that's really important for us as investors to get a sense of that, which is why personally I can then have confidence to say, actually, I need to move agents now. I've I've given them a chance. I've I've been honest. But because I've got that understanding, I'm not as reticent to make a change.
1: Yep, indeed. I totally agree. I think there's the the financial benefit to, to doing it yourself, but also a huge benefit from actually getting to know your tenants, getting to talk to the people and interact with them and be able to sort of get that gut feel apart from anything else on, on who you want to be your your new tenants. Mm. Um, yeah, there there's a lot of value in that as well.
0: Well it feels like we're we're almost providing advice here which is uh which is unusual for us. <laughs> 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 but uh I think that draws us to the end of this podcast. We we seem to be running over, so we'll wrap it up there. Uh, If you've listened this far, I'm hoping you're enjoying the show. We're hoping you're enjoying the show. So please do leave us uh, at least a rating on your podcast player of choice. And if you're feeling really really kind, a review. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. We love getting emails from people that are listening to the show. And if you want to find out a little bit more about us or look into the podcast, just head over to thebusinessofproperty.com. Until next week.